You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual I'd like to welcome everyone to a very special edition of the Savage Lovecast. Uh, those of you who live in the Seattle area may recall that I did a call-in radio sex advice program that would be flat-out illegal now. The FCC would throw everyone involved in prison. Uh, we had people having sex on the air. We had straight teenage boys come in and get tied up over the table and spanked. We had live uh, lesbian fistings and uh, female ejaculations. Uh, and it was kind of uh, a little wrong, but it was great. And the best part of the show really took off when I got a co-host. Uh, a lovely lady went to a lesbian research center auction and bid on being on Savage Love Live, and she was so wonderful uh, and such a good counterpoint to my mouthy ass that we invited Mary Martone to come back every week, and she was the co-host of Savage Love Live, and now she is back in Seattle for one week only for a visit, and when I found out, I dragged her in so she could co-host an installment of the Savage Lovecast. Welcome back, Mary Martone. I am very happy to be back, and there was no kicking and screaming involved at all with dragging <laughs> hair, so I feel very happy to be doing this. So you know, it's a little different. We, we, we can't have straight boys, we can't solicit for straight sad. boys online. We can, I feel, there's no booty. I'm not actually seeing anyone's butt. Those were the days. Now I just get these angry pre-recorded phone calls from people who, most of them I can't call back. Most of them I can't ask a follow-up question to or yell at them uh, real-time, because it's all taped. Plus, where are the snacks? You brought the snacks. I brought the snacks, because I'm here for backup. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus a free gift with most purchases, please visit AdamandEve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hi, Dan. I'm a 35-year-old female, single, never married, and I have a boyfriend who I love dearly. My question is that I lately, just this past six months, <laughs> have developed a penchant for lesbian porn. I have never been with a woman. I don't think I would actually want to be with a woman. But there's something about watching two women have sex together that makes me very turned on. And I have started renting movies on cable. And I would say I am watching between one to three movies a week. And I just am a little concerned about um, the amount and how much that I'm watching. I don't necessarily think I'm a lesbian, but I'm a little confused by where all this came from all of a sudden. Um, and I worry that, I don't know, something down the road may change. And if this is healthy, if this is something I need to stop, I don't particularly enjoy the um, male and female pornography because it seems a very geared towards men's tastes and um, things such as the cum shots on the face and things like that just really gross me out. And a lot of the angles and positions where the camera is, I don't like that. So anyway, wanted to know, um, do you see any harm in me enjoying lesbian porn every now and then? Or is this uh, 
something deeper going on that I possibly am not addressing. Like I said, don't have ever really felt attracted towards any women that I know or any women on TV. I just like to see two women having sex and enjoying each other. Okay, first things first. This woman says she's joined some DVD club, like Wetflix, not Netflix, where she's getting <laughs> one to three lesbian porno films a week. Is there that much lesbian pornography out there? I thought there was a dearth of lesbian pornography. Well, I don't think she's probably talking about made by women for women pornography. I'm thinking that it's lesbian pornography like two girls having sex pornography, of which there's a great body of work, But if you will. That stuff, however, is produced for the heterosexual male. Well, right, which I thought was kind of funny when she said that she thought that she found the... um, boy-girl pornography sort of alienated because of its male spin, and I thought, and you and I both thought, as opposed to lesbian pornography, which is <laughs> largely produced for men, so... Um, and often by men. By men. For by men. men for men, which I think is beautiful, and we should be really sensitive to the now, beauty of that. A little backstory for, for people who may not uh, have been in Seattle in 1997 when we were doing the radio show. You are a lesbian. I am. I'm a gay lady. I like to call myself a gay woman. Actually, I don't like to call myself that at all, but yes, technically I am. If you were to call yourself a gay woman, how would you spell woman? Oh, totally with um, an A, because some of my best friends are men. <laughs> I like to keep it in the word. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so anywho. Is she standing at a precipice? Is she dragging herself irrevocably toward the cliff? Is she going to go over the side and, and wake and up in the morning and dike wake at 35? Up with her face in someone's crotch accidentally. Like, yeah. You know, like, oh, I tripped. Flossing with somebody's clitoris. Well, like, this so crazy. Um... Well, first of all, I'm thinking that the kind of pornography you watch doesn't necessarily have anything to do with who you want to have sex with. Particularly for women. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Because there are studies that show that heterosexual women turned on by images of birds doing it, bees doing it, girls doing it, guys doing it, girls and guys doing it. As mm-hmm. opposed to guys who are turned on usually only by porn that caters to their express preference. Specifically what they want. Right. Right. But women so, are turned on, you know, if you could make a film of a couple of rocks doing it, you could show it to the ladies and it would turn them on. Or, you know, perhaps those pictures of the trees that have, look like they have walls in them. Yeah. A lot of those postcards sound very hot. But, um, so anyway, I don't think that watching watching pornography of two women having sex does not mean that you actually want to do that. Just, you know, but, but I also think if all of a sudden you're really interested in something that's different, it's not like, oh, I was always kind of interested, but now suddenly I have a credit card and I can get it, or... Now suddenly I found out that there's a service and I have access to it, but why is something kind of coming up that's really different all of a sudden? How long, The things I'm not hearing, I'm hearing, I've never wanted to be a lesbian, I don't think I'm a lesbian. What I'm not hearing is how long, you love your boyfriend very much, you're 35, you've never been married. How long have you been with your boyfriend whom you love very much? Have you been with him for 15 years? And you know what else she didn't say? She didn't say, I don't want to eat pussy. Well, that's she true. said, I don't want a lesbian identify. I don't want to have to like confront leaving well, my right. boyfriend. I don't want to come out if I'm a lesbian. Right. But there's something to this. There's a something muff, sort of... Yes. A muff dive to pond is not a lesbian make. And thank God for that, because I You know, dove. you could be a big lesbian. Uh, and we don't true. want you, Dan. I mean, you know. I would get drummed up if you didn't so much fast. We're so angry. We're angry people. And we just wouldn't have it. So, right. She didn't say, I wouldn't like to have sex with a woman. And so, is so there, I feel like there are a lot of pieces of missing information. The missing information would problem be... Problem or no problem, her uh, lesbian no, porn consumption. No problem. No but problem but you, she might be a dyke. But we no, all might be dykes. I don't think she might be a lesbian. I think she might want to have sex with a woman. Or I think that just might make It's too bad she's in a relationship with a heterosexual man, because you know how they hate that. Well, they just hate the idea of another woman being there. Ew, ew, gross. Not natural. Hi, Dan Savage. My name is Maggie, and I'm a 22-year-old straight female. I've been in a relationship with a wonderful man for a little over six months, and he rocks my world, and so does our sex. 
I'm calling because I have some questions about my vibrator. I've never had an orgasm without it. I didn't fully explore my sexuality until I had a vibrator. Sometimes I'm not okay with that, but most of the time I am. And sometimes he's not okay with that, but most of the time he's pretending to be okay with it so that I can get my cookies too. The other night, we romped around for about two hours. He went down on me, he touched my coat at the appropriate time, and he suggested new positions, all for the sake of me having an orgasm. It was very passionate makeup sex, and it all felt so good, but it didn't push me over the edge. My question is, can I have an orgasm without a vibrator? And if so, how? My history shows that it's not possible, but I want to hear what you have to say. My real concern is to know how common it is for a woman to need a vibrator. After taking an unofficial poll of my friends, I think it's fairly common. And also, what can I do to help the both of us be okay with this? I really don't want him to feel like he's inadequate in any way or that he doesn't turn me on because he does. And I find myself daydreaming about having sex with him more so than I'd like to admit. I talked to him about it yesterday, and he doesn't, he doesn't like that we have to pause, get the vibrator, and then slow down. we got to pee. Blah, blah, blah. Enough with the ah. All you so need she, to... won't, she won't pause. She doesn't want to have to pause during sex to get out the vibrator. But, you know, clearly she also won't pause during a conversation to, like, get an answer to a question. <laughs> there's, so there's, thing. Some people with this program, because it's not live and on the air, right. they will write their questions out and then Read it. declaim them. I felt declaimed upon. I did. Yes. And now I feel like I need a, a But shout. also, I felt like I had a lot of feelings as I was hearing her. I know, you were making a lot of lesbian faces. I was making a lot of faces. Well, first of all, this was not a lesbian face, but just a face on a lesbian. But I heard her actually say something about, like, I felt I felt like there was an issue with the fact that they weren't having a simultaneous orgasm. Which is bullshit. Which, below, is like the myth of the universe. I mean, okay, like, yeah, it happens, but please don't be shooting for that, so to speak, as your major goal, because... Because it'll happen rarely. And rarely. If, you, if that's your definition of a successful sexual encounter, most of your sexual encounters, the vast overwhelming majority, are going to fall short. Exactly. Usually one person gets off, the other person gets off. You kind of like trade. Now, she seems to think also that every time they mess around, they both have to have orgasms so that she has to carry this vibrator everywhere she goes. But, that, but her ultimate question, and you don't. Like, sometimes yeah. you can just give it up. Right. And I say that as a, a guy who right. sometimes just gives it up. Like, right. Everybody doesn't have to come each time for it to have been a very mutually satisfying, totally. mutually respectful, Absolutely. everybody's in the pool right. sex act, right? right? How does she communicate to her boyfriend that she's one of those ladies that requires the buzz? Well, okay, there, there are different parts of this, though. How do, you, how do you let the boyfriend not feel inadequate by the fact that that's where she is now? And she's also saying, what I'm hearing is a little insecurity or a little feeling like... I heard that mid-call, but by the end of the call, she's like, how can I like, just like, tell my boyfriend to get dude, the fuck just over? what it is. Right. Tough rocks. Right. But what I'm, what I'm also thinking is... I'm sure that in her life that she can have an orgasm without a vibrator. I think that there are other things. Um, if that's what you're used to, it's easier. So, And some people have a really hard time coming in, so then a vibrator is a good thing. But, you know, it may just take you a much longer time. It may take you reading three porn magazines. It may take you watching a lot of smut so that you are, like, ready to go. Crime. It might just take, right, it might just take you a lot longer than it takes for him to get ramped up. But then there are some women out there who require that kind of Absolutely. superhuman super, intense focus stimulation. stimulation. Which is fine. And that's not a compromise. It's not an inadequacy on his part or your part. It's just the way your bits work. Right. Totally. And that's all you got to say to him. is like, right. you want to get me off? This is how it works. And as far as I can here's tell. Here's a vibrator. It's in your hand. You're doing it. You are perfectly right. adequate. And here's me having sex with you. As far as I'm telling, here you are. I'm having sex with you. It doesn't matter if there's a vibrator here, too. And there are also other vibrator options. You get vibrating cock rings that he can wear around exactly. his dick that'll land on your clit when he's right. grinding his dick into your twat if you're having that overrated vaginal intercourse stuff. Right. Um, and also, there's this whole kind of, like, fear of interruption. I mean, well, that's why you should have a holster. 
So you're just ready to go. <laughs> but I mean, you can have something with a battery sitting like right there, and so you can just. If, I mean, if you're if you're heading towards sex, and you pretty much know you should have a couple. But really it's not a fucking floor. It's not cheap. a floor routine at the Olympics. Like no. all these people who seem to think that if you take a pause during sex to rip open a condom packet or you'll to pull open the drawer and get the yeah, you'll be marked out. For you. <laughs> oh, lost three points for the East Germans for that one. Sorry, Ruben Dancer. <laughs> that wasn't good. And that's not true. You can pause, yeah. you can interrupt, you can take a moment, you can take a breath, take a lap, you can grab the, the vibrator, grab right. the condoms. Put the extra Where do time. people get the idea? You know where people get the Put idea your that calendar. you're not allowed to take a pause during sex or while you're reading a letter to the Savage Love Cats? And, and porn. Movies. Right. And porn, where nobody is seen putting on a condom, retrieving a fetish item, getting the vibrator out. Things just magically appear where you need them and when you need them. But also, you know, it's the same place that gives you the impression movies... That everybody who has sex has a simultaneous orgasm, and if you're right. not having simultaneous orgasms, you're freaks. Not true. Not true. Not true. You heard it here first. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle, including a great selection of toys, lingerie, and movies. 10 million customers love the quality, the fast, and discreet shipping, and the 100% satisfaction guarantee. Visit AdamandEve.com today and receive 50% off most any item of your choice, plus a free gift with a purchase of $17 or more. That's AdamandEve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hi, Dan. I'm a 17-year-old straight girl, and I was wondering what advice you could give to a friend of mine. He's a 17-year-old boy who came out very recently. His father has been nothing short of an asshole going so far as to disown him via email. Now, my friend does not live with his father, so living situation is not a concern, but I was wondering what kind of advice you could give to him in terms of dealing with this, dealing with his father, who has been, again, nothing short of an asshole. Thank you so much. Love your show. All right. Disowned by dad via email after coming out. Sad. Okay. Sad plus this is clearly a new age where people break up with each other online and by texting, and a dad will disown his son on email. At least with email, he can save it forever. He could even print it out, but he can save a digital copy of it forever. It's harder to do that with texts. And then one day when his dad apologizes to him, he can literally take the email, the printout, crumple it into a ball and make his father eat it. That's true. Stuff it down his fucking throat. <sighs> but advice for the kid. Like, what do, you do, what do you do in your dad's douchebag when you come out? Luckily, he doesn't live with his father. That's a huge... Fortune. So it sounds like he's not hurting for a place to live and maybe a parent or a family member to support him where he is. So that's good. What do you do? You just, how do you deal with that dad? You don't deal with that dad. I was just going to say you take space from that dad and you let that dad have his feelings because the crazy part, the crazy person and the damage here is not with that kid, is with dad. And, and dad's dad, having some problems. And the 17 year old kid needs to remind himself that dad, like so many dads before him whose kids have come out, Frequently, you know, have been in situations where parents say hurtful, hateful things that they come to regret and they come around. Mm -hmm. So let's not rule the dad out forever because he's no. throwing this little fit. He's having his tantrum. Right. His coming out tantrum. He's being the, the five-year-old. Mm -hmm. And he may come around. The kid should send his dad some books, say, read these. And if you want me in your life, we should talk. And if you don't want me in your life, you're lost. Exactly. I think it's the you're lost. Take the high road. Say you're lost. As long as you're physically safe. Give dad everything he needs and, and take the space and keep yourself open to the opportunity. And don't like run out there and make porn or do math to punish your daddy. Oh, God. Don't do that. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Really take the high road and just... And also, fill your life with other people who are smart, kind, interesting grown-ups who have all different kinds of lives. 
so that you can see what kind of smart, kind, of interesting grown up you can be. And, and the girl, the and not be a dick like your dad is being right. And now. the caller didn't say it, but I'm going to read into this. The absence of any complaints about mom must mean that mom's being good. Cool. So, right. That's something. And I could tell you just in case um, your friend is listening to this to the podcast, and the answer that um, I came out to my parents, and it it took. I mean, they were kind, and I was old enough that I wasn't worried about where I was living. But it took them a really long time for us to be at true peace with who I am. And so when people say, I'm having a hard time today, I think, you know, it really took about 10 years until there was some line of peace. And now that it's about 20 years after coming out that that they're sort of truly joyous about who I am. So, I mean, time, as long as you're safe, it may just take time. And that's sad and hard, but it will happen. Hi, uh, I'm calling. I was just listening about to episode 93, and we were talking about body hair. And I have shaved since I was 16, at least not regularly. Uh, I kind of am morally opposed to it. I think it makes you look like a little girl. Um, and I've never wanted to do it, but I find myself in a career that I'm in rural areas now instead of, you know, nice liberal cities. And it bothers everyone. And for the most part, I'm not trying to turn on everyone, but I've been single for quite a while now, and I'm wondering, should I just buck up and uh, join in the game, or should I stick to my integrity and uh, stay single? It seems to me we have to take this question in two directions, because she says... Apparently her body hair that she isn't removing is perceptible by everyone, which leads me to hope that we're not talking about you. <laughs> that whatever her career is in this rural area, it doesn't involve... It's, she's not a Britney Spears impersonator or something. Right. And I mean, because that would be a pretty severe bikini situation if, say, you were at work and your beauty hair was obvious. Okay, so let's say she's somewhere where everyone shaves... All the ladies shave their legs and their pits, and her integrity means... That she does not do so. She does not do so. So in that case, which does not, which has nothing to do with getting dates... Um, that I would say it's all about the not wearing sleeveless shirts and wearing tights if you wish. Because then you can keep your wool and keep it covered and who cares. But then when she brings these boys home who've been acculturated, is that a word? In an area where all the ladies are leukemia from the neck down. And did I know this about rural areas? No, I feel like I'm learning. <laughs> We're all learning here. But so apparently, and so she's saying shave it, does, and I'm assuming but that means, She's caught between the twin pinchers actions of... Her hairy integrity, which means I'm going to have hairy pubes, hairy legs, hairy pits, and her desire to no longer be single, to get some fucking dates, to to stick around. Action, yeah. So what should she do when your when your integrity is in conflict with your desire? Do you conform to the prevailing taste in whatever area you're in, or? Well, this makes me think you stick of your with your whole, integrity and remain single. This makes me spin off into your whole drinking is a good thing kind of situation where it's okay to be a little bit drunk because then you might actually let yourself do something that. Would be a, that would be an okay thing for you to do. So everyone's watching the drunk and shave so, the whole body? Well, no, what I was going to say was that in that case, maybe it's okay to shave a little, lure him in, and then see if it's a, if he's a keeper. If he's a keeper, then you can be like, dude, I'd like to let my hair grow out. You know? And then if he's a dog about it, then you can have your own conversation. But if you never get him there, you never get to have the hair conversation. Now let's talk about, like, is it she just means pubes? Because there's something about when she said it, you look like a little girl. I was talking about pubic hair there. In the show she's references, we were, we were talking about shaving your pubes, not oh, shaving so that must be your what arms. It well, so is it, is, does it play, is it a, is it a pedo culture thing that, that so many men now demand these hairless vaginas? You are the Lorax, you speak for the men. I, indeed, right? 
Although I do, I have a friend though who says that every time she gets a Brazilian, she gets pregnant. So obviously her man is hot for the the bald hinder action. So you know, so maybe there is a, an incredible allure that I'm out of touch with. So maybe you know, and also I don't see what the big well, I don't see self-esteem negating like, whoop is. Like well, I shave their faces, people cut the hair on their heads. Well, because there's this whole like, I mean, but people, you know, women wear makeup. Does she wear makeup? Maybe she doesn't. I mean. It's it's a game. It's it's something you play with. I mean, you can shave yourself and then not shave yourself for two months. It's like, whatever. Take it for a spin. See if you like it. Ow, it hurts. Don't do it again. Shave before a date. Go go get yourself some dates and then stop doing it if you don't like it. But, I mean, making making one concession at one point or playing a cultural game doesn't mean that you're compromising yourself unto eternity. And a lesbian said that. A lesbian. That came from me. So, so Fully you can in possession that, of all hair that came with. So. You'll take that to the bank. Yes. Hey, Dan Savage. My best friend was dating this guy for a while, and he was pretty much mentally abusive. And he, she broke up with him once, and I was great and happy, and then she got back with him, and things were awkward, and then she broke up with him again. And after three weeks of hand-holding, best-friending, staying up until 1 a.m. before I have work in the morning, talking to her, getting completely invested in her shit, she got back with him, but she didn't just get back with him. She went on a cruise with him, didn't tell me she was getting back with him, lied to me for a few days. I found out by seeing her mother in the mall, and her mom told me and was like, oh, I don't think you were supposed to know that. She, Her grandmother also just died, and I thought she wasn't answering my texts because of the funeral and stuff, but instead she went on a cruise with this guy she got back with I don't even know how long ago. He's a complete creep, and I basically told her in all the hand-holding, best-friending, that if she got back with him, I wouldn't even know how to deal with it because I was so upset when she got back with him the first time, and after the second time of me talking her through it, convincing her that she's a good person, that she deserves better, that she can deal with being alone, investing all of my time and energy into it, getting back with him would just devastate me. And it has, but what's killing me more is that she lied to me. I don't even know how to confront her about this. I don't know what I should do. The tech-savvy at-risk youth are also occasionally the pedantic at-risk youth because they would like to uh, they would like us to open by pointing out that best friend is not a verb. You can't best friend somebody. We're best friending her. But my advice, back it's the fuck off. Thing. Back the fuck off. Wait, that's what you're going to say? Yeah. You're going to tell the friend to back off? Yeah, this isn't her fucking business. Okay, this is what I would be saying is that she should back up, but back off, but for a different for a different reason, which is her friend is in a crappy relationship that she's getting jerked into and out of, and she's making that choice. And what this the last conversation that needs to happen right now is caller friend needs to say, "We had this conversation. I think he's disrespectful, possibly abusive to you." I will always be here if you call me up and tell me you need help, but I can't be your friend while you're with him. That's it. I told you that, and anything beyond that is basically facilitating and being codependent, facilitating her relationship. And I would say that, you know, it's not just the boyfriend in this situation who's mentally abusive. Your friend is kind of mentally abusing and using you. Well, your friend is, the friend is choosing the boy over her. Yeah, but dragging her out of the drama and putting all this responsibility on her friend for holding her hands and talking her in and out of it and hiding from her. Some, you know, we don't know if this boy is actually mentally abusive. She didn't characterize what the abuse was. Maybe he's just an asshole. But it's possible that the girlfriend's 
an asshole too, and they're one of those couples who are young and going to the mall, and where they want to involve all drama. of their yeah, they want to involve all yeah. of their friends yeah. in the grand romantic drama that is their lives. Disengagement is my is my suggestion, and that's what that's what I meant by back off. Oh, okay. Walk away. Walk away. Absolutely. Hi, Dan. This is just a follow-up to the July 29th Sleep Deprived podcast about your lesbians of size question. Um, I think you really missed the mark on this one. Um, I would suggest looking at the Health at Any Size uh, websites. Obesity is correlated to many things, but so are gender and race and class and socioeconomic status and all those fun things. Um, I would suggest that lesbians of size are frequently of size, so to speak, because for the same reason that people who participate in BDSM or any other um, off-the-norm sexual practices are, um, once you reject one part of society's norms, it's a lot easier psychologically to reject um, other norms that may or may not be healthy for you psychologically or physiologically. Damn, if only I had a lesbian of size who could talk to me about this issue. Hey, wait, I'm a lesbian of size. What size are you? <laughs> You're so lucky. Why? Just because I'm here and I can answer, you know, any, any of your needs. And I feel like, Dan, the beautiful part is that you and I are often on different sides of this or had different feelings about it. We were okay. discussing it last night. So to put this in context... Somebody called in, uh, I think it was the child of a lesbian couple, who said, gee, my moms and all their friends are ginormous. Uh-huh. What is it about lesbianism that leads to ginormousness? Oh, so it wasn't just, I'm worried about them or their health or something like that. It's no, just, just was it, this Why are lesbians fat in Why general? are lesbians ginormous? Interesting. And I didn't even want to go there. It was a sleep-deprived <laughs> installment of the Lovecast where I hadn't slept the night before and I wasn't going to be at my best. And I, you know, maybe I hinted that, les, you know, sizity correlated positively with jollity. I don't know what I said, hmm. but I said the wrong thing. Apparently. So what is it about uh, lesbianism and heft that some people perceive as going together? Well, I just have to say that there are probably more correlations between things like class and heft or mm, genetics and heft as opposed to being a lesbian because, I mean, as, you know, a queer girl... I know a lot of chunky queer girls, and I know a lot of small queer girls, so I wouldn't say that I, I find them to be I think it's because lesbian vaginal, lesbians vaginally secrete pudding. Oh my god, it's so true. So you just, you're eating a lot of pussy with you your lesbians, you're eating a lot of pussy, and it's just, it's calorically dense. High fat. You know, because that's completely different from anybody who would be like having sex with a guy, because no calories there, you know? <laughs> I don't know. But, um, but I mean, I understand the whole, uh, there are two things happening. It's, it's, why are lesbians fat? And my answer would be, uh, some lesbians are fat and some lesbians aren't fat. So I don't know what that's about, but I, I do agree. But this girl is saying that there's something to that, that if, you know, if you're going to walk away from society's norms, like women should be with men, then there's other norms you're going to walk away from, like well, the norm of skinniness, of which is not a norm. Like, Most people are not skinny. It's not a norm, but it's considered a, it's, it's a norm for that to be the ideal. And people right. think it's the norm. People think they're all supposed to be a size four. And most people are size 14. And a whole lot of people are size 22. You know, one of the things I say about sizity right. and the sizity movement is that I, I don't feel like I'm anti-fat or I'm anti-fat bigot. You know, most of my family is very large. I come from large people. Um, I go to some effort to not get large myself, which is my natural sort of genetic... Like, I get it that those genetics play a role because I look right. at my family and I look at my own propensity 
toward sizity, and I have to be kind of on my guard against it because I don't want to be big. So I'm not comfortable with big myself. Now, I also think it gives trouble, you personally anxiety. It does. It, it does. gives you anxiety to to come from that family and to feel, and so that's a struggle. That's a fight that you consciously engage in yourself. Right. So I totally get that there's a genetic so it's, component and it's for you. I get that there's a genetic component, but I feel like I'm living proof. That there's also uh, an environmental factor. Of course, because I'm paranoid about my diet, and I'm paranoid about getting exercise so that I don't turn into my uncles. God bless them. But you also live in a constant state of sort of being on the hamster wheel um, and making choices that some people might consider to be too much of a compromise of their life. You know, maybe. But I'm, how is that anti-fat bigotry for me to that say? That is not anti-fat bigotry, but for you to say. Because I, I just think I should be able to say, you know what? There's a there's a correlation between what you put in your mouth. How often you get off your ass and move in the size of your ass. There is absolutely a correlation be- between those three things. But people And think, I don't say those things in the that think, if everybody did A and B, that everyone would be a size two. I don't believe that. Well, that's the thing is that, that people take that statement. They say there's a correlation between in and out. And the thing is that it's not a mathematical correlation. It's not that if you put this many calories in and put this many out, that we can all magically be a certain size. Yeah, we're not going to be at a window, and it's not and what that's I'm not saying. true. And also, what's also not true is that we don't all have to be that magic size. We don't all have to be small. And that's what this woman's talking about, the health at any size um, movement. And it is true that people can be healthy or healthier at any size by moving their bodies and but and also if you spend less energy trying to get down to somewhere that you can't be you could be spending more energy um shopping curing cancer no lie curing cancer having sex shopping at the green market and getting healthy food because you're not spending all your energy trying to lose maybe that last 50 pounds or that whatever so it's like maybe if you decide that you can be a healthy person at whatever weight you're at or closer to where you are instead of at some sort of contrived lower weight, then you can be spending more time going on a three-day walk to deal with breast cancer. Do you know what I'm doing tonight when I go home? What are you doing, my I'm friend? baking a pound cake. You go. Quite literally, baking you, a pound cake. And you know what? If I'm not an anorexic, I'm not a total paranoid about food. I'm you know what I would pleasure. do? What? I'd go and eat the whole thing. <laughs> I will have two slices, and then I'll go make myself throw up, just like a responsible gay man would. Oh, damn. Pound cake vomit is an excellent loop. That's disgusting. Welcome back. I have a good pound cake recipe, though, that I'll give you, but you're not allowed to get sick. Dan, you are getting so mean on your podcast. It is really disconcerting. I don't know why, but every episode, it's like, suffer, bitch, or suck it up, bitch. And uh, I know it's not just with women, but um, whether you're bashing their intelligence or telling them to suck it up, it feels like everything is getting so negative. So, hope you don't take this as a phone call from a hippie caller, but... You, my friend, need an attitude adjustment. Besides that, everything is peachy. Love the podcast. Love the Mistress Matisse episode. And take care. See what happens? You move away. We stop doing the show together. And I suddenly get mean. I wasn't mean all those years ago. I, was I haven't say, been mean all along. Getting mean? You're like Mr. Krusty Krab. <laughs> it's actually like a trademark portion of your name. Isn't that your confirmation name? Yes. And Dan, Krusty Krab. Savage. I'm sorry. Suffer, bitch, and suck it up, bitch. Those are, you know, sweet nothings. Really? As far as I, I mean, you could. I mean, that's if like, you bunk my bedroom, you'd hear that quite a lot. Well, also, that's the kind of advice you really can't get anywhere. I mean, you have to you have to come to a place like this and sort of criticize that. There are times when you just have, usually when I tell people they have to suffer, bitch, it's because they say, you know, I don't want to do X and I don't want to do Y, and well, I'm unhappy where I'm at now, and X and Y are the only options, and then 
What am I, what am I supposed to say besides, well, tough, suffer, bitch? Tough rocks, my brother. Yeah. That's probably what I would say. So maybe that's more poetic. You're apparently harshing this woman's mellow. I'm thinking she might even be from somewhere more relaxed than here, like maybe California. Like some sort of pod of relaxation and gentleness. That, we're Midwestern Irish Catholics. I am so not Midwestern. Well, we're from... Uh, Irish Catholic? Irish Catholics. Sucking it up is like... That's what you do. Jesus Christ hung on the cross for three hours for you. You can suffer. Shut up. That's like the ultimate sucking up. That's right. If he can suck it up, dude, you can suck it up. And so I'm only asking people to do what Jesus would do. Yeah, WWJD. So it's compassion, what I tell her. I think so. I think it's, I mean, all those years in Catholic school. Suck it up. Offer it up. That's what they told us. Offer Offer it it up. up. All I'm doing is translating the nun saying, offer it up. Pain. Growth. All I'm doing is translating it into a modern idiom that people can understand. Suck it up, bitch. And putting it online. And, and putting the word bitch at the end. Yes. Which I, doesn't, for me doesn't mean male or female. But also, what I'm hearing now actually... Or canine or human. We're just responding to her. I feel like we're not giving her anything. Do you feel like there's anything... Like, Do you feel like there's any portion of your soul that you could reach down and like... like I, I think I'm very compassionate. Could you snap that little band around your heart? Does it ever like... Ding, ding, ding. I feel like very compassionate. I feel, I feel like I'm a lot more compassionate on the podcast than I am in the comments. I actually feel like you're freakishly patient on occasion with people who are poorly behaved and self-indulgent. I'm not saying everybody, but you know, sometimes... She was pointing at the text heavy at rescue when she said that. That is so not true. I'm just saying, you know, if people if people ask you a question, they need to be willing to hear the wisdom. Even if I want to tell bitch. them to suck it up, bitch. <laughs> and you, it's a good point that at the end of her call, she says she really enjoyed... She thinks I'm too mean, but she really enjoyed the show I did with the Dominatrix, who was giving people step-by-step instructions on being super mean. Well, there you go. That's mean by choice, though. Maybe she feels like this is a non-consensual experience for listening to your t- podcast. Like she's like she non-consen- she's non-consensually going downloading it, putting it on her thing, l- walking around Green Lake and listening to it. Ow, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> I feel unsafe. Well, we're gonna have to leave it there. Mary Martone. Oh, please come back. I want to. I miss doing call-in sex advice with you so much. It would be such a blast to do this with you again. Well, maybe I'll come back and do that with you. 206-201-2720 this is the number here at the podcast if you'd like to record a question for a future show or record a uh, message for Mary that we'll look forward to her uh, for all those old listeners to the Savage Love Live show remember Mary if you want to call it and say hi to 206-201-2720 you download us every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com I don't want it to end I don't I'm coming back don't say goodbye, say farewell. Or see you later. Say, suck it up. Not if I see you first. <laughs> Dan, suck it up. Bitch. <laughs>